0: Remember to subscribe and share. Australian musical theatre star Helen Walsh has performed around the globe in some of the biggest musicals of the last few decades. These musicals include Cats, Les Miserables, Wicked, Hello Dolly and the show she's currently performing in Adelaide, Mary Poppins. Helen is here today to talk about, what else, musicals. Helen Walsh, lovely to see you and welcome to Noel Anderson's 15 Minutes of Fame. Lovely to
1: see you too. Thanks, Noel. Been you know, so the long last
0: long. time we saw one another was over 20 years ago. And I think I have been doing either South Pacific or Hello Dolly. And I was directing a well. show at Belvoir Street and we caught up in Stanley Street. Do you remember it all?
1: I don't, actually, but if that was South Pacific or Hello Jolly, that was over 30 years ago, not just
0: 20 years ago. (laughs) Oh, my God, Helen. Then it is so long (laughs) since we've spoken to one another. Um, But you, of course, um, have been flying all over the world and doing a lot of shows. And I'm just going to read through some of the things you've done. So, of course, you're working at the moment on Mary Poppins, but you've done a Ms. Man of La Mancha, The Wedding Singer, Sister Sister Act, Candide, uh, Wizard of Oz. You did the sound of music at the Palladium. You've also worked in Singapore. You've worked in Hong Kong. You've worked uh, on a project with um, Andrew Lloyd Webber. You've also did Cats. It is huge, yes. Helen. What do you think when you when you hear all those shows?
1: I think, God, I'm tired. (laughs) What a long time to be doing those shows. But I'm actually just really, like I've ticked a few boxes, you know, like I went to London 18 years ago and I didn't look back and I got on the West End, started with The Sound of Music at the Palladium with Andrew Lloyd Webber actually Um, and then Wizard of Oz also with those shows that were on television and they, you know, you had to vote in the lead and blah, blah, blah. And I just didn't stop working and I'm just grateful because... It wasn't experience. When you just
0: said um, you had to vote in the lead, what did you mean by that?
1: Well, they had these television shows back in the um, early 2000s in England where they had the the Nancy program and the Maria program where they have girls who auditioned for the role of Maria and they'd have to um, go and Cameron McIntosh and Angela Webber would come on and people would vote them in. And so the, the, the television audience voted in these girls to play the leads. And I ended up doing the original production of The Sound of Music at the Palladium with Connie Fisher, who won that program. And then I ended up playing Auntie M at the Palladium with um, the girl who won the Dorothy program. So, you know, it was all connected, these reality TV shows. It was the first time that they'd sort of used reality stars in musicals and it, it was a success because the television audience recognised the people.
0: Did you at all you at I'm the saying? time think you wanted to be a reality TV star? Did that pop well, into your brain? I, no,
1: I'm not a reality TV star. The, the, the girls that won the programs I was just in the show with them, but um, and actually at the time, a lot of the old West End um, performers were, were really up in arms about it because it meant it was kind of taking jobs away from the from the gigging actors, you know, the people who were the reality stars. And it's very much gone that way now. But that has enabled us to all have more work because the shows can go on if, you know, they have recognisable people in the leads and people will come and see it.
0: Now, look, what I might try and do is just take a step back a little bit because you're from Queensland originally. Yeah. Um, when did you first start thinking about singing as a little girl? Do you remember much about, about yeah. that as a, as a child?
1: Yeah, I remember watching, first it was Disneyland and I remember the girl who played Cindy in uh, the Brady Bunch was in this Disney thing and I thought oh wow you know and I used to sing along to the Disney songs and then I was watching Young Talent Time and Tina Arena was singing something and I started singing along and my brothers and sisters went oh god you can do that and I went everybody can do that it's not just her and me you can do it too I didn't realize that not everybody could sing I just did it I don't know anyway that's when I kind of they all sort of started saying oh you, you can sing you can sing and I'm like can I I don't know and then Um, When I was about 14, a girl I went to school with was having singing lessons and and she said, why don't you come with me to my teacher? So we had these double singing lessons and then at the end of that time, after six weeks or something, um, the other girl left and the teacher pulled me aside and said, you need to come back to me. You can sing. And so my mum then um, made me have singing lessons for the rest of my years and for my sins, here I am.
0: (laughs) Do you know, I remember the first time I heard you sing because we did a couple of shows together in Brisbane and I remember the first time I... I heard you sing. I w- my my breath was taken away from me because it was so beautiful to listen to. And I whenever I think of great singers, I do think of you, Helen, because your your Aww. voice is is absolutely superb. And I remember we had to do a, a, a TV promo. I think it was for Channel 7 for the musical we were working on called Dames at Sea. We we got there and you might remember this and the young guy who was playing opposite you forgot the words. Do you remember? <laughs> And there was a look of absolute terror on your face. But somehow or other, you kind of carried on and and it, it all worked out okay. Do you remember that moment? I don't remember that moment, but I remember that I had gone to school with him. His name was
1: Peter. I can't remember his last name, but like, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Well he was he was uh, very yeah. good
0: looking. He had a very good voice. Yes. Um yes, and it yes. was um and we were all very, very young and and a little nervous, I think, at um at the at the time. Now yeah. you're not originally from Brisbane, are you? You're from Toowoomba, is uh, that right?
1: No, I studied in Toowoomba, but I was born in Gympie. So um and I grew up at a little place called Waluga, which is, you know, north of Gympie, west, northwest of Gympie. And um I still I've kind of inherited that property with my sister. So I kind of when I come back to australia that's where i go to the farm yeah so
0: so when you when you finished your your uni course in Toowoomba. You then got yeah. a job at Movie World, is that correct?
1: Yes, I and did. <laughs> what were you doing?
0: at What Were you singing at Movie World?
1: Well, for the first two weeks, I think it was, I was a chaperone, chaperoning the um, big fairy animals and stuff. And then there was a job going in the acting pool and I auditioned for it and got it. And then I started singing in the park because we did New York, New York and we did um, you know, dif- different little acts around the place. So it wasn't really singing. It was more sort of street theatre, Bonnie and Clyde and, you know, Cadence and things like that. But that was fun. That was a fun job. And we used to um, sometimes after work we'd have to stay and do functions. Then we just drive back to Brisbane, go to sleep, get up and come back and do the next day. It was just,
0: I don't know, it's a different time, but it was fun there. It was a different room. time. And what do you remember about, <laughs> about yourself as a, as a young singer in those days? How would you describe yourself back then?
1: Oh, naive and insecure and 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 with stars in my eyes. Like I was I was just like, oh wow, you know, everything was amazing. I remember getting into South Pacific, getting the phone call in the actual green room of the acting pool and everybody standing around and screaming when I got the job. It was the first big show that I got it was a Gordon Frost production when I actually went to Melbourne with the show and opened it I remember running onto the stage and I was so nervous because I was only in the ensemble and I understudied uh, Nellie Forbush eventually but um, I was so nervous because it was in Melbourne and I'd never been to Melbourne before that like it was like to me Melbourne was big time big city you know, and um, and now when I think about how I've lived in London for 18 years and I've gone all around the world and I just go, oh gosh, wasn't I a silly little country kid, you know, just so naive and very country would you anyway. describe
0: yourself Helen as as a gypsy because I think there's um there has to be an element of, of that in you to to kind of always constantly be moving because as I look at your resume you've literally performed everywhere well maybe not everywhere but you've re- performed in a lot of places around the world that can't always be easy doing that.
1: No, it's not. It's like living out of a suitcase and um, as I travel back to London after this probably early next year, I'll go I'll, I'll go back with two suitcases. Like I won't, I've actually moved my stuff back here at, because it's so nomadic over there. You're either on tour or you're in another country or, you know, so it's, it's pointless setting up. You know, I never really got to set, settle down over there. I was just there all the time working. So um, I kind of am a nomad in a way, a gypsy, I guess. But like I say, I'm glad that I still have the farm because that is what anchors me to Australia. To me, that's home and nothing else will kind of surpass that, I don't
0: think. That's right. I remember you you bought a farm.
1: No, I I grew up on that farm. It's been in my family for 100 years, yeah, and when my... Uncle passed away. He left a pretty substantial title of it to me, and I I shared it with my sister
0: and her husband. So
1: yeah, <laughs> I've so got are a farm. They
0: there, are they out there working on the farm, and you're mm, traveling the world? Yes. That sounds like a yeah. a very good deal, Helen. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a question for you. Now it's it's a little personal. Does it get lonely on the road?
1: Extremely. Yes. Um, but I've always said. You know that song, Love the One You With? It's a bit like that. You, you, you join a group of people in a show and, with you know, technicians and backstage and everyone, the whole band, we travel together and you just go okay, who are my people? Who am I going to hang out with? Who am I going to go to the pub with? Who am I going to go on adventures with? And you you just, you know, hang out with whoever's there and enjoy the people that are around you. And then when you move to the next show, you find the other people that enjoy doing the same things that you do and just make it work like that. So I've lived like that. And um, it's funny because it feels like you're going from one family to another of show people to another family of show people. And you might take one or two people with you in your heart and go, oh, they're really good friends. But generally it's such a no lifestyle. Everyone's kind of in the same boat.
0: Do you think anyone could do that? Or do you think you need to be a particular type of person to do that?
1: I think so. I think you need to have very few responsibilities. You know, I think people who have children and have, you know, lots of other family things going on and lots of other responsibilities or links to things that you can't just drop everything and go. So it's not for everyone, but I've enjoyed it thus far.
0: (laughs) Here's a question for you. Would you classify yourself as a diva?
1: (laughs) Define diva.
0: Well I'm asking you to define diva. What's a what's a diva Helen?
1: Well, it can be a derogatory term. People can use it as the sort of like someone who's uh, throws their weight around and tells people off. And, you know, I certainly am not that person. Although, you know, I have been tricky. At, there have been times when I'm, I've been tricky. But I think you do that. Performing's difficult. Like, you, you have to be in a, in a certain headspace. You have to have everything going right around you. In order to pull off something on stage that people are gonna walk away and go, wow, that was great. But you have to be in that place. So sometimes being forthright and being um, honest Sometimes don't people don't see that as, as um, you know, very nice so I would say a diva is probably someone who just knows what she wants and your focus is there and you go for it and if that means that people don't like you sometimes that's their opinion, not yours or not the truth, it's just, you know but also a diva I think is someone who has extraordinary vocal skills and can just pull it off no matter what No, I no, know. <laughs> you,
0: worked with, you worked with one of my, um, my, my favourite singers which was Elaine Page Yeah. It was in Singapore or was it Beijing? In Beijing and Shanghai,
1: oh, the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, she was... um we did that concert for five weeks and she didn't speak to us. We were we, I, I had a couple of solos as well as um, as she had, obviously, a lot of solos, but there were, there were a few of us that had um, songs to sing and stuff. She never spoke to us until the very last night when Angela and had gone home and she we had this party in Shanghai in the sort of like um, nightclub sort of district and she became a different person. She was, she was like chatty and funny and we all had, you know, um photographs with her and she tells stories and she'd take the piss out of Angela, <laughs> which is funny because, like, he's a nice man, you know. He's, but, yes, there are some stories that go with those two, you know, over time and, you know, it's all very, there's stories about her as well, you know, that are all, you know, you can't say sometimes. But, yeah, she was, um, she was interesting. But I, I guess when she was performing, she didn't feel like she could really relax and just chat with us until it was all over and she did a good job because that particular concert, Went on to um, really useful, recorded it, so it went out on CD and DVD, and to this day you can still buy it. But it was it was a bit of a big deal at the time. I remember.
0: What role would you love to do that you you haven't had a a chance to actually perform?
1: You know, if if Wicked had been around, and I've done Wicked, I've covered Morrible in Wicked in the UK, but um, if it had been around when I was young, when I was about twenty five, I would have loved to play Glinda. That would have been probably you know. A bit of a because it was a character comic with drama and with soprano and you know just like and, and belt and and it just would have been probably something that I could have done well but it, it wasn't my time you know that came after um, I was an ingenue so it didn't really you know I suppose that 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 was that sort of thing I don't know I don't know I don't know these days all I um I just play really old fat ugly parts with no singing <laughs> Or very little singing. Like I've done Madame Thenardier three times. I've done Les Mis probably seven times, maybe eight in my life, different productions for Cameron McAdosh over like 20, 30 years or something. And, um, you know, so I can play all the hags and, you know, you just got to know what your casting ability is, like know what you're capable of and what you look like. And I can own that i know gorgeous tall leading lady i'm short and i'm fat and <laughs> if i go into an audition wearing no makeup and looking like a bastard i'll probably get the job <laughs>
0: <laughs> which reminds me i've been i've been trolling you on facebook well not really trolling you but i was reading something you posted on facebook about women and about weight and and about oh. you know having gray hair and you posted this this piece which was encouraging women to be warriors do you remember copying and pasting that on your Facebook page?
1: No, I don't, but I do like to champion that kind of thing because why should we try and be young when we're not? We're just we're growing old gracefully and we should just own it and and get on with it. And also, I do I do think that the media sells us short and um, and tells young boys that what to expect and their expectations are so unachievable to most girls it's, it's not fair it's like no we've got to get back to real and we have to get back to what's in our hearts not not what's on the outside it's the inside it's how we feel about each other and and how we treat people I, I'm a strong believer of that kind of thing so you know I guess I don't remember putting that on my Facebook, but, but that is something I probably would have shared,
0: yeah. So what do you think about Instagram? and Because there are a lot of people now that are becoming stars simply by getting a lot of followers on Instagram. For those people, um, they have to make an effort in the way they look to in order to get those followers. So talent versus beauty is kind of, uh, you can become a star on Instagram, if you've got the beauty, but you don't necessarily need the talent. What do you think about that?
1: I think that's just another avenue for people to become famous. I mean, you can have talent and not be famous. You know, you can you can have talent and be an actress and never be a star. I just think that there's a place for those people, but it's not. I'm not interested in that, and I'm not interested in in looking. At, I'm, I've never seen the Kardashians. I've never. It's just not interesting to me. I just think, oh, how boring. Why would you want to plasticize your bum and you make out like you're this perfect individual when we're so not. None of us. Not one person on the earth is perfect, and never will be. Thank God. But like, um, it's just not interesting to me. I just don't. I don't. I go. I go you know, all power to them because they work hard at what they do. But it's it's not for me. And I wish that the power was came from people who were the opposite of that. I wish the world was embracing
0: more of the other people. So do you think we could change that perception through music and through theatre? Is that a possibility? Do you think possibly? Yeah, absolutely. How how do you think we could do that? I mean, theatre is such a... um, such a great storyteller, and, like, you can really examine a lot of uh, social issues through theatre. Is there a musical you think that really has something to say, uh, you know, through its music? Oh,
1: there's (laughs) lots of musicals that have something to say. I mean, I don't know if the one's been written about that particular element, but um, we definitely every time we go out on stage and we tell a story, we impact the audience. And it's meant to be like that. And I think, I mean, Mary Poppins, actually, that I'm in at the moment, the story's beautiful. And it's like, she comes in and it's not, and everyone thinks it's, she's there to fix and help the children, but she's there to help the father because he's had, he's been grown up in a way that he's, he's a broken man and he's treating his family badly. And once she's there to change his mindset and make him see the light it changes the world around them and everything becomes much more beautiful and and everyone's happier and so you know that I, I think it's got a lot of heart and um there are many many stories many musicals that that um send those kind of messages you know I can't pinpoint anything right now but like you know I'm sure if someone wrote uh, an award-winning you know something that was as Big as lame is, that had that message, then the whole world would stand up and take notice. But I don't know if it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> have you performed in any Australian musicals? And what I mean by that is um, a story set in Australia. Uh, you performed in musicals, you know, that have been put together in Australia, but they're yes. overseas stories. Um, have you performed in an Australian musical? I don't think so, actually. Does it annoy you a little bit that there aren't more Australian musicals? And why aren't there Australian musicals?
1: Well, because I think when people write Australian musicals, apart from, you know, I mean, I was away... When a lot of these, the ones that have been written, you know, were being performed. So I never, I never got to audition for them. I didn't, I wasn't part of, I'm not part of this industry over here. So I, um, and, and you, you're sort of not going to get that. Oh, no, I lie. There was one, only heaven knows. I did a workshop for that in, um, and a performance of it in, uh, in London. And the composer I know has passed away now, but his sister, I did sister act with at the Palladium. Yeah, that was an Australian musical. So, you know, but, um, You just don't get them over there. But over here, because I've been away, I don't know. I think sometimes people think the subject matter needs to be about the gold rush, or you know, but it doesn't. Yeah, yeah it's, th- no, th- it's th- very th- hard
0: th- to sell an Australian musical here, and I'm yeah, speaking like... from personal experience. It's very, um... very difficult to sell an Australian musical because everybody wants to do Les Mis, wants to do Cats. You know, they don't want to do an Australian musical. They want to do the big musicals everybody knows. So mm-hmm. I, I it's a very hard thing to do. So send, let's send love to the to anyone writing an Australian musical. Musical, I really think they need did Helen
1: Well now um got... Peter Rutherford well he wrote an Australian musical oh, what was it called oh, my god I can't remember anyway it was very good I remember that that I do remember Peter Rutherford and James Miller wrote it I can't remember what it was called now anyway yes they well, are out there heaven,
0: uh, only heaven knows um was David Campbell ended up doing that here um so he did actually perform that here now you've yeah. written on your i think it's your twitter account Over 30 years in shows and still having a laugh. (laughs) That's what you said. Um, It's true. What, what?
1: 35 years, actually. Is 30 it 35 years.
0: years? What makes you laugh now? Because doing a show eight days a week is bloody hard work.
1: You know, I think you just have to be light about it, and not take yourself too seriously
0: and just enjoy it.
1: It's about having fun anyway. And it's about doing the job and being professional. Work hard, play hard has always been my motto. So you will see me at the pub. I will be there with a glass of wine in my hand. And that's the joy of life, just enjoying what you're doing when you do it, and then move on. So, you know, if you stuff something up on stage, don't dwell on it, just get it
0: right tomorrow. That's very frightening, actually, when you stuff things up on stage. You you do feel like you've let everyone down, don't you?
1: Yeah, you do. You do, but you've got to move on because you've got more moments to create and you can't be dwelling on what you've just done. You just have to get on with it.
0: Now, you're in, you're in Adelaide at the moment. You're doing Mary Poppins in yeah. Adelaide. And a little birdie told me that something very funny... Happened to you. Um, and I think you're with Chelsea Plumley yeah. and you were wandering around Adelaide. And I just <laughs> wonder if you want to tell um, people listening to this that very funny tale.
1: Well, we were walking back from the cinema. We'd just been to see Indiana Jones, Chelsea and I. And we. We're at the lights about two streets up from where our digs are and we were talking and we saw that the light was probably going to change in a minute and we stepped onto the road and as we took two or three steps, the light went green. However, as we crossed the road, a police car stopped us and Chelsea noticed first, and and he, they said, "Oh, you, you just um, walked, you just jaywalked. You just you went on a red light." And we were, I was like, had my mouth open because I was like, "What did we? Oh my god!" And then he went, "Can you just um, come around the corner? We're gonna have a little chat to you." And so this police car with his two policemen, a, a woman and a man, um, drove around the corner. We had to go up to the police car. We had to give, I had to give all my address, my details. I had to get my passport out. <laughs> they they gave us a warning and told us it would have cost us. What should you say $150 I think we would have been fined wow. um, but, but we just kind a warning so we we got half arrested for chain oh walking in Adelaide at eight o'clock at night on oh, That's a It's a little Monday. bit
0: conservative isn't it Adelaide?
1: It's unbelievable I was like did that just happen and then every, so every time now we get to a light we, we're like I'm not I'm not walking I'm waiting and the lights are literally so slow here that i've been it just takes you so much longer to get to work because you can't just flit across the road you have to wait for the 5 minutes that the thing takes and yeah so we nearly got
0: arrested <laughs> That's very. I mean, funny. it was
1: funny. Do you know, Adelaide. Really
0: Adelaide is um such. I I was in Adelaide for the Adelaide Fringe, and it's an absolutely mm. fabulous time to be in Adelaide. But it yes, is a very conservative yes. town. Do you notice differences in audiences if you're performing in Hong Kong, say, versus Adelaide, versus uh, London, versus Melbourne? What what are, yeah. what are the differences you notice?
1: All the time. I mean, just just very briefly going back to that policeman because when he was asking for my details, he asked me. The cat for, and I said the quest, you know, we were staying there, and he said, "What's your room number?" And I, I started to like say something funny, you know, camp, and and then I stopped myself because it wasn't funny at all. And that's how conservative I think Adelaide is. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can't, you can't just joke about these things. Like he's just asked me for my room number. I was going to say something <laughs> like, "Oh, that hasn't happened in a while," or whatever. Anyway, um, places like Hong Kong and like most of um Asian cities, they don't they don't clap during the show and make much noise, but they stand up at the end and go ballistic and then melbourne they didn't stand up at all melbourne just sat on their hands and they did it's not that they didn't enjoy it but to get a standing ovation was difficult and yet this is a brilliant show and these kids are like tap dancing their heads off and and it's mary's flying they're still not standing up it's like i can't understand in london they stand up like we we um lame is always got standing ovations all around the country zurich was a bit strange like that zurich maybe it's the language barrier in some countries you know, particularly if there are uh, sir titles on either side of the stage, but yeah, there definitely is a difference in etiquette and a different in audiences in in different cities. And because Mary Poppins has never been to Adelaide or um or to Perth where we're going, it probably will have a different reception than say Melbourne, where it was here ten years ago and very successfully was here ten years ago. So they know what to expect. You know, they know when things pop out of the box and they know what's coming. Whereas here, people haven't seen it in their hometown, so they're probably not expecting, you know, it's it's a different reaction, isn't it, if they don't, don't know what to expect?
0: Yeah, I don't know why um would stay seated. Maybe they go to a lot of theatre and, and, and maybe they expect a lot. But I've got what no I'm idea saying why. is
1: they, they, it, they get a lot. Like what they were getting, it was g- really good, like, you know, I've seen it everywhere in the world and I'm telling you, it's good. And I don't understand why. And even when I first went into the show, I had a show watch and I stood up straight away. And usually if you stand up, you allow people around you to to stand up as well because that's that they're not scared then to sort of get up and nobody stood up, not one person. I was like, oh. And I couldn't understand it because the girl playing Mary Poppins is brilliant and the and Bert is so good. Jack, Jack Chambers and Steph Jones, they're they're extraordinary. And you just go, What's happening here? <laughs> but I think that Melbourne probably does get a lot of theatre and they I it's probably more of a they are probably quite
0: conservative as well. I yeah. don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. Hey Helen, we're running out of time. So just to, Funny, just yeah. to yeah, see I, I said we'd uh, we'd go over a <laughs> half an hour, didn't I? I said it. Yeah, um, you
1: did and I was like, No, we won't. <laughs>
0: no, I knew we I knew we'd go longer. Once people start talking, um, you know, it's kind of easy just to to relive those memories. But here's a question for you. All those shows you've done, traveling around the world, what is something you would like to tell yourself now as an older warrior woman? What would you like to say to that older warrior woman in you now that you know what the journey's been? If you could go right back to her when she was a child, what would you tell her?
1: Don't worry. Don't be insecure. You'll be fine. You'll land on your feet. You'll be absolutely fine. We we all have so much stress and anxiety because we're in fear of we don't, what we don't know or what hasn't happened, and it's just it's just fear that we're in fear of. It's you may as well just own it. What's the what's the point in being negative about it if you can think positive and just go? It has nothing's happened yet, so don't be anxious. You know. So I think. There's a lot of anxiety that comes with performing to a lot of people, especially young ones now. They have, you know, they've got a lot to deal with, and um, you just have to get up there and do it and just know that you're good and know that you're there for a reason and and not compare yourself to other people and the only competition you have is with yourself. I think that I think that's what I tell her.
0: Helen Walsh, we've come to the end of our podcast. So I've only one <laughs> thing to say to you and that is Helen Walsh, this has been your 15, 15 minutes, minutes of, of fame. fame. fame.
1: Thank you, Noel. It's been lovely to chat.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, Noel Anderson's 15 Minutes of Fame, remember to subscribe and share.